0: Detroit, the city that was easy to beat up on a generation ago, is fast becoming a city that's hard to beat. And the renaissance in arts, tech, and entrepreneurial spirit has been fueled in large part by willing financial partners. What's it like to wed community spirit to business strength? To find out, we'll talk with Chris McComish, Chief Banking Officer, Consumer and Wealth Management at Chemical Bank. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Blue Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. And we are pleased to have Chris McComish with us. Chris is the Chief Banking Officer, Consumer and Wealth Management for Chemical Bank. And he joined Chemical Bank in 2018, where he leads. All aspects of consumer delivery lines of business, including retail, mortgage, and wealth management. He also oversees marketing teams. Mr. McComish has more than 30 years banking experience in consumer and commercial banking. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. You make me sound old. (laughs) (laughs) Experienced. A leader. There you go. There has been so much talk about regulatory environment lately. Do you think that banks have some reason to be positive about that environment, especially as it relates to the easing of Dodd-Frank?
1: You know, as with anything, that we got through the economic downturn, and there were certainly some things that needed to change within our financial system. We may have stretched things a little too far from a regulatory standpoint, but there was also a lot of good that came out of the work that had been done you know, in particularly some of the stress test requirements that were being asked of the banks by the regulators, I think that put a lot of additional discipline in the way we operate our companies. Where we overreached, or regulators overreached, was the frequency of some of this work. You know, a bank can only change its financial condition so quickly, and going through this elaborate stress testing every year for small and mid-sized banks to the level that it was done, and having everybody kind of operate the same stress test models probably didn't make a lot of sense. And so some of the changes that were made over the past 18 months or so to bring some more rationality into that work, I think, made a lot of sense. Doesn't mean we're any less disciplined in how we run the business, but it just kind of, I think, aligns things and reflected things more in line with the risks of the institutions.
0: And as things march forward on the regulatory front, so too they march forward on the fintech front, partnering with third parties on fintech, what do you think the strongest
1: case is for that partnering? That's a great question. You know, there are a ton of smart people out in the marketplace trying to help customers. And I think what's happening on the technology front is it's becoming that much easier to work closely with those smart people that may not be housed within the financial institution and finding ways to partner to, in some ways, make your organization a mid-sized bank bigger than it actually is from the standpoint of it's tough to build and develop new products from a scale standpoint for a smaller institution or a mid-sized institution, and finding those partners that you can work with from a technology standpoint allows you to get to market much more quickly, serve the customers, compete with much larger institutions, and actually operate the business on more of a level playing field. So every day that goes by... That's become easier, and I think it's better for the marketplace as a whole, our customers and clients, and certainly the institutions themselves.
0: That brings up relationships. You're talking about a relationship of one level. Mid-tier banking is still about relationships in general. How does marketplace focus help mid-tiers stand out from competitors?
1: That is a differentiating characteristic of the mid-sized bank. Typically, a bank that gets to a certain size, let's call it a 20 billion or 50 billion dollar bank, they typically have very strong market share in a given marketplace. At Chemical Bank, we're a 20 billion dollar institution today, headquartered in Michigan, the largest bank headquartered in the state of Michigan and our business, you know, I've been in the business for over 30 years and there's a local component to it sophisticated capabilities are really important and that's where scale comes into place even for a bank our size we're able to deliver products and services that the largest competitors can provide but we're much more local and people you know have an affinity to localness that's why people root for the home sports teams and you know one of the first questions you always ask somebody they want to talk about is where are they from for us at chemical we can proudly talk about you know Detroit's hometown bank and the largest bank headquartered in Michigan that's a differentiating characteristic. There's only one, and that's us, and we're similar to other banks and other marketplaces like that, and we have to take advantage of that capability.
0: It sounds like the team is only going to get stronger, too. The merger with TCF Bank has been big news and also fulfills a multi-year journey. You've been very careful and deliberate about it. How did you approach the merger to make sure that fit and timing were
1: just right? So we're still in the process. We haven't closed on the merger yet. It was announced in January of this past year. Leaders at both institutions for years have known each other. There's a great fit between the two companies being in kind of an upper Midwest focused institutions, states like Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota. We also will, when the two banks combine, have a presence in Colorado and Arizona. So interesting, fast-growing markets, but we share a lot in common. And those are some marketplaces where we have some affinity and some knowledge. We hope to close the transaction following any pending regulatory approval in the latter part of 2019, and then we'll go through systems conversion in the latter part of 2020. So we're still in the early stages of forming the new company pending regulatory approval, spending a lot of time with one another, building culture, developing the operating models of how we're going to run the bank, and it's a real exciting time for us.
0: And it's so refreshing to hear you talk about that in the context of community, in the context of time and place. And you're part of the Detroit story, right? And that has been a huge comeback story. We talked offline about how exciting it's been to participate in that story. What do you want your role to be going forward? And what lessons might you want to pass on to other people who are in similar situations?
1: Well, it is an exciting story. Our company, Chemical Bank, has been in the state of Michigan for over 100 years, the legacy chemical Bank was headquartered in Midland, Michigan. And following the merger of Chemical and Talmer Bank back a couple of years ago, we had decided really earlier last year that there was a time to be part of the renaissance and the rebuilding of our largest metropolitan area in the state of Michigan, and that being Detroit. So we announced the move of our headquarters a few months ago. At the same time, we announced that we're building a new tower right downtown 22 story building that will be the headquarters of Chemical and then the future TCF. Bank, once that merger goes through, it is really exciting. You know, that Detroit's an amazing place. If you think about that city and metropolitan area 100 years ago, that was Silicon Valley for our country. That's where things were invented, that's where things were created. And you still feel that in the marketplace when you're there. There's a work ethic and a desire to think forward and move forward. That's a pretty unique place. I lived in a lot of places in our country and worked and led teams in 22 or 23 different states and actually grew up near detroit so it's almost like coming back home to me but it's pretty impressive to see what everybody's doing and we're very excited to be part of the leadership of making a difference absolutely part of the leadership and to be more specific you are
0: part of that leadership chris thank you so much for being on the podcast today
1: happy to do it thanks for all you do for bai and most importantly what bai does for the industry making a big difference and helping us all as bankers serve our customers better. So appreciate the time.
0: Thank you so much, Chris.
1: Chris McComish is Chief Banking Officer, Consumer
0: and Wealth Management for Chemical Bank. He's based in Troy, Michigan, and we should say part of the BAI board. You can look for Chris on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, Since the economic downturn of the late 2000s, much positive reform has come with stress tests producing financial discipline that has helped the industry as a whole. But the frequency of yearly stress tests and the over-uniformity of them place a burden on banks that has only eased over the last 18 months. Stress tests are still a good thing, but now less stressful on banking leaders. Number two. The fintech debate on partnering has moved to a point where mid-sized banks can team up confidently with smart people on the outside to take advantage of digital products already developed. Banks can also compete in the marketplace better and shop on today's technology now without having to bring in-house products to scale. And number three. When your bank's story is also the story of a community coming back, as Chemical Bank has been doing with Detroit, it may be time to double down, capitalizing on both financial opportunity and the swelling sense of hometown pride. Take the pulse of what's going on around you. The graph you might project in dollars and cents may just run parallel to the one that measures an inspiring success story. We hope to see you at the BAI Innovation Summit in Boston, October 8th through 10th. Designed to level the innovation playing field for community-based banking organizations, the BAI Innovation Summit will help you drive innovation and positively impact your bottom line. Register by July 19th to save $300 on your registration. For more information, visit BAI.org. And now, BAI Banking Strategies presents... My 21-Year-Old Self, where our podcast guest talks about what they were like at 21, life as an emerging leader, and the advice they would give themselves today. Chris McComish has a 22-year-old daughter graduating college. Now, she might know what she wants to be when she grows up, but at 21, Chris McComish didn't know what he wanted to be when he grew up. The message he'd give himself today Dude, you have no idea. And in the most positive way
1: imaginable. Listen. So what would I tell my 21-year-old self? You know, it's an interesting question. I have my youngest child who's 22, our daughter Mary Kate is actually graduating from college tomorrow. And so we've had these conversations about, you know, what the future looks like and those sorts of things. So if I take myself back, I would tell you that I got into banking really because you know, the only other thing I'd ever done up until that point is gone to school and learned. And at that point, banks had a great transitional training and development arm to them. And you typically entered into a training program for nine months to a year. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And banking seemed to me like a great place from a transitional standpoint into becoming an adult and learning about the business world and learning about customers and how to serve them. And lo and behold, 32 years later, I'm still learning. So, you know, as the typical 21-year-old, I'd probably talk to him like the 21-year-old and would probably give him the, dude, you have no idea, (laughs) would be the first thing that I would tell him. You have no idea what the next 32 years is going to be like, but however you think it's going to be, whatever those dreams you think you have, they're going to be that much better. And it's all come from the fact that this industry... You know, we exist to serve as bankers and financial services professionals, and our entire industry is built on trust. People entrust us with their money, and we trust them when we're lending them our money. And if trust is broken in either one of those relationships, bad things happen. And we've seen it happen in financial downturns. And so to be part of an industry that is solely focused on, really, if we're doing things the way we should be doing them, helping others, serving others, building communities, helping individuals, families, businesses move forward and satisfy their goals is pretty neat. Additionally, being able to meet people throughout the country and develop relationships will be, as my 21-year-old self, that will be one of the most fulfilling parts of the journey. Come to work, work hard, do your job, take the long view, serve others well, be unselfish would be some of the things that I would tell my 21-year-old self, and hopefully I'm telling my 54-year-old self that same thing every day, but it's been a heck of a ride and a lot of fun. Thanks again for tuning
0: into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.